Tires World of Gaelic Games. Hello and welcome to the TC Tires World of Gaelic Games on Monday the 18th of January. Thanks to Frank Tynan for an excellent edition of Kilkenny today on a weekend which saw the retirements of Anne Dalton, one of Kilkenny's finest camogie players, Paul Murphy and Jerry Aylward. I'm joined by Pat Tracy and Nicky Brennan in the studio and on the phone I'll be joined by successful All-Ireland winning man- camogie manager Brian Dowlin and GA handball president Desi Keegan. If you want to get in contact with us, text us in on the taxback.com line on 86 353777 I think he'll probably, we can ask Brian anyway, I think he probably had a bit of a job to convince her at the start of last year to give it one more go. And to her credit, she did. And uh, obviously left the year in the highest possible way. And, you know, at a minimum, she'll pick up an all-star when they're announced and maybe more. So, look, it probably wasn't. I mean, there's three small children in the house now, and in fairness, she has her hands full. And she's a fairly dedicated individual and you know as Andoni would have said you know it's, everything is full on with uh, with Dan when she goes to train and so there's only so much so much you can do she is 32 yeah you could say there's another year or two there but but look you have to there's a life to live as well and maybe there's no better way to go out than winning in All-Ireland exactly you go out on a high and Pat um, your own club man Paul Murphy announcing his retirement yeah, um, again, I suppose, you know, Paul, he was out in the Lebanon for the best part of last year and just got and came back and, uh, you know, back into the Kilkenny set up and didn't get game time, if you like, in a in a championship and hadn't much opportunity. You know, there was no league and there was no other games and, and that. So um, he's after, I suppose, he's hurling non-stop at inter-county level, underage, up along, minor, under-21 and that, you know, since he was uh, 17. So that's uh, half his life so you know and uh, he, at least you know he's gone out kind of on his own terms as well and that and he still has uh, plenty to offer you know another 10 years of dance sport exactly yeah <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be definitely one one of the lads you'll be, you'll be pushing pushing for t- to drive you up to senior again yeah yeah he'd be, he'd be a key role and uh, having him in the field now every evening will be hugely important as well and the influence he'll have on the younger lads because there's a, um, a big bunch of young players in Dale's Fort you know and uh, they you know that you always need to be setting standards and that for them and uh, him being there the whole time will be will be a big help you were enticed him to play with Fair Rangers as well as <laughs> in the interview so uh, well Jim Cashin did uh, he put in his spake here on, on on Saturday before he was on so I felt I had to he asked me to, to put in a word for him so I, I said uh, I, I was hoping to get him um, you know he had played under so many great managers I was hoping to get an insight into the managerial prowess of Jim as well but yeah, it didn't really come it didn't really come as he look, he won an All Ireland Colleges medal in goal with uh, Bally Hale. That's right. I was up at that match. Yeah, in Carrick McCrath. I remember travelling up for it. <laughs> I remember my first time coming up against Paul Murphy was in the Liz Downey Sevens, and I think yeah. he was in goal that time as well. That's right. Yeah. And then I think the year after he came out the pitch. He was out the field. He, uh, yeah, he won yeah, it, was yeah. it? Yeah, he was. He was out the field uh, the the year after. Yeah. So, but. Um, yeah, uh, he was uh, he was there. I remember him down the pitch, hurling. He was only nine at the time, 
I remember it well, and he had a 37-inch hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I remember it so well as if it was yesterday. I was probably saying, where are you going with that big hurdle and all the rest? But, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's a great lad and great attitude, and, you know, you, you just know it from him. And, you know, the way he's after going through uh, into the army and going, uh, and now, you know, he's uh, progressing up the ranks, progressing yeah. up the ranks uh, into officership, which, uh, you know was uh, different to a lot of lads and it just shows the focus he had like and yeah, I was always wondering why he went into the army you know and uh, you know what's the, it appealed to him and, and the, the, uh, the structure and the, the organisation and the discipline seems to appeal to him very much yeah. yeah, remember when we were hurling against them, you might have got past the full back and you'd say, we'll just bury this ball. And then you had him standing yeah, in the goal right, and then yeah. size him. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yeah. too easy to get past him. No, no. He was uh, he was always a strong, a strong young fella. Yeah. yeah, and Nicky, we also lost Jerry Elwood. Yeah, uh, that was maybe a bit of a surprise. I, I, I mean, Jerry's only 28, and as uh, I think I said in some of the tweets around the place, yeah, put in a big year with Glenmore this year, and if they won the intermediate, you, you, you never know, he might be a sort of lad you'd be saying, Would you like to come back again? Um, so it's an announcement of retiring, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily close the door. I mean, he's only 28, and um, you know, you have another two or three years in it, so you, you never know. And, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with coming back to play with Kenny. If you're 30 years of age, you can get another year out of it. He, he 2015 was obviously his big year, but clearly he was unfortunate with injuries and and ongoing stuff like that. And uh, just found it hard to break back into. Then when he did kind of recover, he just wasn't able to nail down a consistent place. But he's a fairly decent record with Kenny now. In fairness, it must be said. Yeah, every time he kind of got a good run, he ended up pulling hamstring or he hurt himself yeah. you know he just couldn't get that consistency really back into his performances you know yeah. but um, like you said I saw him in a couple of games last year with Glenmore and he had a huge role with Glenmore especially in, in that county semi-final he was like, excellent at full forward yeah well you see um, this year this particular year he didn't get to play that much uh, the 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 round robin games, if you like, he missed all those, and uh, he only came back in for the knockout stages. And again, that was because of injury. I know was it hamstring or whatever it was. And um, the, it appeared to me that you know he get he getting the 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 cruciate injury at the time that it cost him half a yard, mm. and he's breaking so he was a fierce goal threat and that and he and and then the ongoing injuries he he just couldn't make it up and uh, um you know it, it, it's been very unfortunate for him because everyone you know he because uh, i know he he trained fierce hard and he was in the shape of his life uh, the last couple of years and that but it was injury after injury just uh caught him and you know going back and hurling with the club for a year some sometimes can can sort out look at the you know the way it refreshed Richie Hogan the way the year was last year yeah. you know and he, he came back uh, a, a, a new man if you like so it, it could easily happen for Ger now again yeah and going back to the club Pat, like you were saying about Paul going back to dance Fort, it might galvanise Glenn oh, yeah, well, yeah. Know, pull them all together it'd again. be a big boost for him. yeah because mm -hmm. I remember last year I was covering the Liz Downey Glenmore game and when I was walking out afterwards the last player to leave the, the ground that day was Jerry. he was devastated yeah, you know, cause yeah. he was after 
probably giving it his all that day. You I know, think he then, could have been captain, was he? Yeah, he, I think he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but he, he left definitely left everything on the pitch that day. But look, he can go back to his club, you know, he had a fine year and hopefully he mm. can push Glenmore onto bigger and better things from their point of view as well. That's right. Those lads can come in and they can set standards that are, you know, are great for clubs and uh, uh, bring other lads along with them. And, uh, you know, I think we got a taste of that this year. With Clubs got a taste of that this year, having their county players train with them and uh, the boost it was, you know, so... Yeah. Mm. We have our first text in the evening here from Jim Rowan. Hello, Kiran, Nikki, Pat, and uh, Richie. Can I ask you if it's true that there's five newcomers after being brought into the Kilkenny panel? Yeah, well, uh, we've been hearing names bandied about. There's nothing official, but um, we know that maybe Owen O'Shea of, of uh, Lachlan's here beside us, Aidan Nolan of the Borough, Derek Harkin of Shamrock Spelly Hale. Um, no, which was there? Yeah, that's. I think it's just the four I heard now. Yeah. Unless did we we said the four there, did we? Oh no, Shea, Aidan Nolan, Derek Harkin, and um, oh, does it? Oh, but David Blanchfield. David Blanchfield. David Blanchfield as well. Yeah. Although David Blanchfield and um, and um, Aidan Nolan were there were there before. Good. Well, there now. Um, Derek Harkin and Owen O'Shea it would be their first time in at that level, all right, you know. Yeah. So um, look, they're, they're. I mean, look at their 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 good players. I mean, I look at the people. No, I've. I always felt Ono Shea was was a guy worth playing. I think he'll. He just needs a little bit of time now to get him to get up to the the pace of the intercounty scene. But I like him. He's a, he's a strong player. He's a direct runner. He's a good work, good head, good attitude. And um, I'd know him better than the other three. Now I'm not saying the other three lads are not going to be the same. But I'm I'm, I'm delighted for him. I think he's got there on merit and um, I put in a good shift he was a Lachlan's best player in last year's championship yeah and six six points from play in the semi-final oh, no, no, the definitely awesome. the best player I oh, know there's no question about it he's, the, he's, uh, he's deserving he's deserving of his uh, of his place there now And uh, but again you know like all of those players there's no point in expecting too much too early especially when we don't know the year if, take, exactly, yeah. if we get a league and they can get some game time in the league that's fine but if the league is, just goes pair up belly up and there's only a championship well that might be a different story that'll be making it harder on, on, on Brian and his mentors yes and um, same with Ed Nolan I thought he had a very impressive mm. year with Dick Spurs uh, all, all the four lads you've mentioned have all been excellent oh, for clubs yeah, no, and, and deserve, they're deserve absolute, the call absolutely they're yeah, on merit yeah, absolutely yeah, delighted yeah. for him I hope it goes well for him now we're delighted to be joined on the line by Kilkenny Camogie manager Brian Dowland good evening Brian how are you lad? Um, Brian, I suppose we're nearly six weeks after the final. Um, I suppose in those six weeks, has the, the victory sunken in yet, or have you had some time to reflect back on it? Ah, yeah, it's sunk in now, all right. Um, plenty of time to reflect. There's not, uh, not much going on, I suppose, in the evenings at the moment, but we've plenty of time to reflect and uh, enjoy the Christmas. And um, you know, it was nice to look back on the match, I suppose, last year. I wanted to tell you a few times last year's final, and we were trying to avoid not, not watching it, so. It was nice to be able to look back on it uh, this year and reflect on it. So, yeah, in all of it's definitely something at this stage now. Just going back to the final, Brian, the, perf- the performance on the day, like, it was just f- really full of determination, spirit, hard work, never say a die attitude. Like, it was just, everything just came together on the day. Yeah, look, I suppose that's what you prepare for um, any big match, but especially Ireland final, you just want to, want to perform and, you know, we probably maybe the first half we, we probably didn't perform as well as we could but um you know I think the second half and the the first minute he's got a point from from free I think we set the tone straight away and 
No, look, there was not in it, I suppose, coming, coming up to home straight for the last five minutes, but the, the penalty was obviously the, the crucial score. And I just think we were kind of we were in, in the zone that maybe we were going to find a way to win no matter what it took on the evening, you know, it's the same down in Cork. And, um, you know, the girls were just so determined and we just, you know, we kind of made a promise to ourselves at half time that we weren't going to come back into the dressing room after losing another hundred and final, you know, the, the pain and the hurt the last few years. You know, I think that was probably nearly the first time it was mentioned, probably in the build up to the final at half time. And we just said, look, we're just not feeling that pain again and just going to leave everything we have out in the pitch in the second half. And look, the girls did that and thankfully that we, we, we got the victory. Yeah, and at no stage, Brian, just looking in from the television on the night, like the pl- players never panicked when the first goal went in or anything like that. They just still stuck to the task, put their heads down, and just got got the result in the end and uh, what they fully deserved. Yeah, look, I probably I'd say the Cork game probably stood stood to a big time, you know, and especially for the girls on the pitch. Um, you know, going going one three down against Cork after six or seven minutes, you know, wasn't good, and but we turned it around and we found a way to win and. You know, I think going into the finals when Galway got the goal, there was no panic, and even at half time, we're, we were very confident because there was only two points in it. You know, probably last year's final, there was there was six points in it, and we were probably chasing the game a bit too much. And you know, there was only two points. We felt that we could get that back. You know, and you know, I think I, I think I said at half time to girls, if we, if we just get ahead of Galway, I felt that we'd we'd win it. You know, and I felt that last year as well, but we just couldn't get ahead of them last year. You know, I think six points was too hard to claw back. But you know, the two points. You know, I thought maybe we might get a goal a bit earlier in the second half, but we tapped over a few points and I said the goal then you know, came at a crucial time, thankfully, and you know, you have to get goals, I suppose, to win these big games, and thankfully we got that one. Yeah, and exactly, Brian, I suppose when you look back at last year's final, like it was 3-14 to 17, it was still only 17 scores to 17, really, and it was the goals that made the difference, and thankfully this year, obviously, like you said, it took until the penalty for it to come, but you could see that the goal chances were coming, and you would eventually take one. Yeah, look, it was something, you know, we, we focused on all year because, you know, we, we look back at things, you know, people kept asking me, I suppose, um, you know, were we talking about the last couple of finals and stuff like that. We did a start of the year and we looked at probably the reasons why they weren't winning them and the biggest thing for me stood out was that we weren't scoring goals. You know, four All-Ireland finals and, you know, the Kenny Camogie team, we only scored one in four finals, you know, and that's not good enough. And, you know, we said that in the big games, we had to we had to change that against the Galways and the Cork. We wanted to beat these teams in the goals and we got two in semi-finals against Cork and, Obviously, the goal in the final then came at a crucial time, and you know you need them. The, the, the momentum you get from them is unbelievable, you know. And even in going back to the 2019 final, I suppose people would have in their heads that you know Galway got three goals in the first ten minutes, but that wasn't the case. They got one, and we actually got in a great position. We were two points up in that final with five minutes for half time, but then Galway got two goals after that. And it's, it's, a, it's a killer, you know. If the goals go in, it's nearly what more than three points at times, and you know I think we had a couple of chances. Um, you know, in, in the final, that four goals. Maybe Isha Dyle had a couple of great chances. She got look, she got she got two great scores out of them. But look, on another day, I know Isha would probably would, would score them two goals. So you know, we were creating it, which I was happy about because probably even in the last couple of finals, they weren't even creating the chances, which is worrying. And Brian, just going back to the semi-final, then like we were we were all watching that game as well, and we just thought that just that fight and determination was there again, and. Like that day down down, down in Parky Cueve, it, like it was just still that never said die attitude. We're here to kind of prove a point. We're going to get over this Cork team, and the the really just from the first minute to the sixty minute, you just battled all the way through, and um, really laid down a marker for the final. Yeah, so like you know, we were hearing a lot of things going into the semi final. Um, you know, that was kind of in Gabon was kind of saying it was Galway and Cork was in the final. You know, and kind of really, you know, kind of. 
laid out to the players fairly simple that you know that we kind of wanted to put down a marker that, that this Kilkenny Camogie team weren't gone away and I know they'd only won one final out of the last um, six you know but, but still they were getting to the last getting to the finals you know so you don't you don't be a bad team getting to the finals obviously not winning them is not good but you know to get there you have to be a good team and that was the message we kind of sent and we kind of went down in a way you know down in Cork as well and you know we didn't we didn't care about that to be honest with you it never, it was never even mentioned it was kind of more of a challenge it was like okay let's go down and we'll take them on down there and you no, know, we kind of wanted Cork in the semi-final because we felt you know we needed a big game and if, if we you know the group was probably was a bit easier maybe than we expected and um, if we wanted to win the all Ireland final we felt that we needed a tough game you know a really tough game going into it and obviously we that's exactly what we got down in Parky Cleave and I think it stood to the girls then in, um, on December the 12th um, At the start of the year Brian said going in after three final defeats was it was it hard to lift the spirits of the team at the start of the year or were they just accepting that it's a new year and we're just going to try do as best we can um, it's a difficult one I suppose like you know I suppose I remember we had a, we had a meeting in Spring Hill and we just trashed everything out and you know there's a lot of hurt there and a lot of baggage there and it's you know no matter what you say it's, it's just it's, it's hard to get rid of it you know and just you just have to kind of get on with it in one sense but it's still there and I kind of felt you know even during the year I kind of felt that it was kind of holding the girls back you know that kind of maybe just kind of hurling with, with the handbrake off you know just, I think we needed to do that but it was just kind of holding back a bit and I think that was coming from the fear maybe of losing the other in finals and kind of maybe you know if we get here again what do we do if we lose and you know I think but this year we just kind of said look we're just going to go for it and we really wanted to hurl with freedom and I think bringing in the new girls this year really made all the difference you know I think just giving just a bit of freshness to the girls and you know I think everyone realised from, from training that it didn't matter what you'd done in the past it was what you were doing on the training pitch and you know we, we picked girls who were in form and I think you know the new girls that came in just gave the older girls uh, you know it's a, just that new lease of life and I think that you know was probably the difference in the end Yeah and like you, you were able to call on three or four subs in, in, in most of the games as well that were able to come in and play a huge part as well uh, Yeah look our panel was unbelievable this year you know um, it was it was really hard. The hardest thing for us was probably picking the 30, you know, we had 34 girls on the panel and you had to tell four that they couldn't even talk out, you know, and that was probably the hardest because some of the girls weren't even talking out, were, were probably getting the better girls who were in the starting 15 coming up to the match, you know, that was, our training matches were really, really good, um, you know, really high, high intensity and, you know, that was probably a big change. I think this year we just kind of said that, you know, we didn't want girls just coming in making up numbers on the panel. We wanted girls kind of pushing everybody for positions, and whether that was a starting team or you know just getting on the thirty, everyone had a had a challenge coming to training. And you know, we we played loads of matches in training, and I think that you know that got the girls up to the level of um, you know high intensity championship hurling then as well. Um, just going back then, Brian, to the, the 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 couple of group game, the three group games you had um, in those games. It was maybe a couple of slow starts and then in the second half completely took over and kicked on. Was that cause for concern going in towards the Cork game or, or what way did you feel about that? Um, I, I, not really, I suppose. Well, um, look, going back to the Waterford game, I suppose, on the day it was a very strong wind and, you know, I thought we started well that day but we drifted out of the game a good bit. Um, we are in a half-time level and I think we scored seven or eight points then, uh, you know, won by seven or eight points in the end but, no, I think it was our first game. You know, a lot of new girls playing their first ever championship game. You know, probably a lot of pressure there for girls. And you know, your first game is always a bit strange. You know, you know what to expect. You know, come, girls are coming back from club hurling, and we hadn't had to play the game at that high intensity before. So, 
you know, and then the West Mead game, we had a great start, and I think we, you know, we three or four goals scored in the first five or ten minutes. So and the Limerick game then was probably a dead rubber going into it, and no matter how much we tried to get the girls fired up for it, um, you know, we were just very flat on the day, and it was a, it was a very strange game, you know. And I just think, uh, but I think that game stood to us in the end because you know we were able to use that game. You know, we we felt looking back at the stats even after the game, our standards dropped, the work rate dropped, you know, our intensity dropped that day, and. You know, we were able to throw that at the girls after that game. That you know, if we want to do anything this year, that you know, we have to up it big time. I think we missed 18 chances that day, and you know, that's something we focused in on. So, you know, I think even though you're winning these games maybe easy enough, I think there's all the things you can work on. And you know, I think the Limerick games and the Waterford games we definitely learned a lot. Yeah, and do you think as well, Brian? Say, looking at the, those group games, that avoiding say Cork and Galway, it showed like you didn't really have to show your hand to either side and. It was just when you were going into face him. It was it was the first time you faced him in that champ in the championship. Yeah, maybe um, could have benefited because we probably went in probably under the radar, basically. You know, in Cork play Galway maybe a couple of weeks before the semi final, and you know everyone was talking about how good that game was, and everyone was just saying we were going to Cork or Galway that win the All Ireland, and you know, I think people were kind of writing us off because we had an easier group, you know. But um, look, kind of we just kind of worry about ourselves and you know we, we had three games to win and that's the way we looked at it and you know we want to get to a semi-final no matter how we did it we're going to get there hopefully through the, the front door in the first position so you know look I said you can only can control what's in front of you and that was finishing top of the group and that's what we did Exactly and you could you could see yourself that the, the performances were there and um, defensive, defensively as well you were you were excellent in all those games um, going in well looking ahead to 2021 Breen do you think going in as say champions compared to last year a lot of bit of pressure or do you think it, the winning this All-Ireland will take the pressure off the girls and they can win you know that say losing three finals in a row was it hang, like you said was hanging over them a small bit so do you think it's, it's still it, it won't be too much pressure on them going in this year yeah well Sean if you look at it both ways you know I suppose every time you're all when you're All-Ireland champions you have a target on your back and everybody wants to beat you and you know you're not going in under the radar anymore so you know it's a new challenge now and some of the new girls this year are not new anymore and people will know a bit more about them so you know I suppose in that sense it's it's, it's going to be hard but look I think it, it will help that, that you know the monkey's off the back now that you know we, we, we won these won the All-Ireland so the pressure is off so it's time to you know maybe they can hold a bit more freedom so look again it'll be a new year like if we lost the All-Ireland it's a new year but um, whenever we do get back Sure, the girls will be looking forward to it. Um, you know, it'd be a bit easier going back this year, maybe on the month, the last couple of years. It's hard to face after losing all Ireland final. But look, the girls will have to be motivated and we'll have to work harder, harder than ever before to you know make sure that we try and get back the the Duffy Cup again. Exactly, and um, just looking ahead to 2021, Brian, have you your program laid out for the year? Um, we we commented here plenty of times, just like the fitness levels of the of the girls was incredible. They were going as hard in the 60th minute as they were in the first, and it was it was a huge, huge, huge displays in the final of just few, pure fitness and never said I. So, have you the program laid out for 2021? Uh, not really. Well, not really, I suppose, because we don't know what's happening yet. Um, you know, we'd love to know the, the calendar, I suppose, and and play a day out from there. Look, we we picked our panel. Um, some girls have stepped away, and we brought in eight or nine new girls to, to freshen up, and girls who impressed us during the year with intermediates and clubs. So. We, we freshen up the panel and look we just gave them a few things that they can do on their own um, but you know we haven't set a, a plan in place a structure or anything like that you know as I said already it's only five or six weeks since the other in final and you know I just want to be careful that we don't go back too early and you know when, when we do say a championship that the girls go stay and stuff like that so 
look, when we when we have a plan in place and we know when we're going, we'll, 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 we'll get down to a job. We can't even, suppose we can't even use gyms or I don't even know you're supposed to use pitches and stuff like that. So it, it's hard to know what you, what you should be doing, you know, even suppose going back to the lockdown last year, you, you didn't know whether you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. You're sending out plans for girls and you don't know whether you're sending them too much or you're sending them enough. So it, 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 it's hard to know, like, you know, look, the girls are, you know, they, they look after themselves here as well and, you know, you know, they, they know whenever they get back that they, they can't go back, um, I suppose, on fit and that. So, look, we sent them on a few ideas that they can be working the way and try a few online fitness classes that they can do in their own home because, look, that's all you can do at the moment, I suppose. Exactly, just keep keep yourselves sharp. And um, obviously this year then, Brian, with the announcement of Anne Dalton as retirement, that'll be a huge loss to the panel. Ah, yeah, look, Anne is, Anne is a super player, you know, and... Um, you know, we're, we're very disappointed that she's gone away. You know, she stepped away. But look, we we, we wish her well, and um, you know, I don't. I think I think she deserves her retirement. Um, she's given her a life and soul to like Kenny Camogie, and I think you know she she kind of was going to walk away after last year's All Ireland. But you know, we had a, a good conversation, and we, we got her back thankfully. And you know, I'm just so happy for her <coughs> that uh, she got to finish on a high note, leaving Crow Park. You know, and you know, the smile on her face said it all, leaving Crow Park that night, and. Look, I knew it was coming. Um, I suppose it was a phone call I didn't want to be getting, but I knew it was coming. Um, I know we respect her wishes, and I think she's given Kilkenny Camogie, you know, fans down through the years a lot of highlights and a lot of, you know, entertainment. And you know, I don't, I don't think there's a, a better Camogie there out there in, in the whole of Ireland. Just the things that she can do with the ball is, is unbelievable. You know, we we played some minor games there in the past against the boys and. You know, I think they were afraid of her by the end of the match. The things she was doing, you know, she was putting over balls for 60, 70 yards. And, you know, in, in Camogie, that's an unbelievable ass to have. So, look, she's, she's a huge loss. But, again, I suppose we have to move on. And the new girls on the panel and the girls from last year have to step up again now. And we lost girls this year, and, and girls did step it up. So, you know, that's what we have to do again. Yeah, and um, hopefully, hopefully we... Or Kilkenny Camogie can continue on, Brian, and where they left off last year. Um, thanks very much, Brian, for joining us today. And again, congratulations to you and the girls and for all the joy and you brought to us during the lockdown. It, w- it was great to be able to follow the girls and congratulations. And thanks for taking the time out to talk to us this evening. No problem, no, thank you. And that was Brian Dowland, the Kilkenny Camogie manager. Uh, we'll take our first break. Join us after the break where we'll be talking to. GA Handball President Desi Keegan and we'll be talking about some general Hurling and Camogie discussions as well. TC Tars World of Gaelic Games And welcome back to the second part of the show. Um, Nicky, just around the retirements and all that that we're after hearing over the weekend, is there something in place, say, from the GA or GPA that, that say, help the players? You know, it's they're after being part of this Kilkenny setup or whatever setup they were part of for so long and now stepping away is kind of might be their out of routine. Is there any kind of well, support? Was that what the purpose behind that was that if there was any players, not necessarily um, retired into well, there would be retired into county players, and maybe even early club players who might have fallen on, on hard times uh, in particular uh, circumstances and difficulties, that um, the GA had a scheme there where you, you would get somebody local like a county chairman might uh, might make a submission privately and make the case for an individual and say this could be a guy who might never have played with Kenny but family circumstances meant he he couldn't uh, have an operation or uh, things like that you know so that was the now that eventually that scheme 
that, that was there that morphed into the scheme for the GPA so they have a system there now where they're able to um, support players who inter-county players uh, who have and now just, that doesn't apply to club players but there, there, there is still the, the hardship fund for club players because that was precisely what the likes of the Welsh Cup and the Burden Cup were about and I suppose people are often wondering giving out for those competitions at the start of the year but they were I, I know without mentioning names I know of a case in Kildare um, during my own time where there was a particular hardship case in a, in a family because of injuries that a guy got in the club game and it affected the uh, mortgage and house and all of that sort of stuff and the GA was able to go in and, uh, and put in a, a, not in, a not insignificant amount of money to, uh, to support the family in that regard and um, and that's what the likes, the likes of that was. But uh, from a GA, GPA perspective, I suppose, what they're able to do is they're able to obviously help players, even inter-county players who've retired now. We've mentioned a few lads. You know, if they wanted some career advice or if there was further courses they want to do, uh, there, is a, there is a fund there for that uh, to, to, to help the players. So, um, yeah, that, 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 that is there, but not, not directly to, to, to support them in terms of... If, uh, of moving off the inter-county scene other than maybe helping them with careers and things like that exactly yeah okay thanks for that Nicky um, we're delighted to be joined on the line now by GA Handball President Desi Keegan how are you Desi? I'm good now Karen. yourself how are you keeping? not too bad happy new year to you Desi it's great oh. to have you on the line here well it's happy new year it's, it's, it's gone pretty bad up around where we are now with COVID unfortunately nearly every community around us is in uh, obviously everyone's in lockdown but numbers in Mayo are particularly high uh, compared to nationwide so look at it's tough now at the moment yeah exactly Desi and I suppose on that we got the announcement last week of the postponements of the World Championships yeah look at, to be straight it's a disaster there's, there's no two ways of putting it like you know um, obviously we knew it was, it, was, it was on the cards but we were pushing it out pushing it out I think everyone sort of felt you know what's going to happen in the new year um, not just in Ireland obviously being a world championship we're watching very closely what's going on in America in particular and Canada uh, lesser extent but America in particular you know and you know you know, it, it's a disaster in America altogether I think that's fair to say and then of course we got hit Oh, it's so hard in the new year as well so when all that information was relayed back to the World Council you know they took the decision that it's just not viable for this year because you know players want to start planning to travel from these countries to Ireland you know and we we, 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 we would have to be um, making deals with hotels and stuff like that to get players their rates and things and there's just no point in starting all that body of work if, if, if nobody can come you know and it would be Karen, to be honest with you, you know, you're a handballer the same as myself. It will be a disaster for GA handball in the eyes of the GA themselves if we were to host the World Championships and, you know, be it August, September, October, the back end of this year, and nobody there, only Irish players, because to be honest with you, you know, the GA would take a very, very dim view of that because they would be the main funder of the World Championships and you know, they wouldn't be happy to be spending a few hundred thousand euro on an event that really would be just an Irish event, you know, so it is a prudent decision, but you know, it is very, very disappointing though. Exactly, yeah, but look, I suppose with the way the restrictions and all are, Desi, it has to be at least level two before a game of handball can, can take place, so at the moment that's a long way off as we as we look at it and then with terms of travelling also look I know it's a tough decision for you to make but in fairness it's it's probably the correct decision in the long run ah yeah like I mean 
To be honest with you, Karen, like, uh, you know, when people are on about the tiered system, you know, uh, number, level two, I, I'm not entirely sure what the government would think of us if we went to them and said, well, okay, we've been working off this tiered system, you know, level two is individual play. I mean, I, I think they'd take a very dim view if we started saying, well, look, we're having a 10-day tournament in Dublin, you know, and there's people coming from America and Canada and, you know, a good few people coming from Europe. I think they'd take a very dim view of that, you know, type of way. Like, so, you know, level two, yeah, it'll work for Irish players because, you know, uh, we're under jurisdiction in Ireland. But it's even even working off the tiered system in, in the south of Ireland is a major problem because we have to consider the six counties as well because uh, they're obviously working off the British jurisdiction. And I can tell you there last year when we did get our championship played, uh, our, our main championship we, we had a serious headache trying to negotiate uh, getting the GA to negotiate on our behalf with um, the Northern Ireland Sports Council because that's a completely different ball game altogether a completely different set of rules so even on the island of Ireland it would be a major headache never mind bringing in people from you know America or Canada or whatever Holland or Belgium Yes exactly so look it's it's, it's definitely it'll probably Long, long term it's, it's going to be difficult to plan but hopefully look in the not so different, distant future when everything gets back up and running we'll, we'll be able to look forward to it and enjoy it when it happens um, Desi I suppose during the year as well we got the announcement that the, the GA handball centre uh, was completed and it's really really exciting for us handball players Ah well yeah like I, I, I tell you the truth now Karen. like I when I when I would you know I've been in in the centre several times at this stage obviously you know in my position and that like so I was able to go in and look at any handball player that, that walks in particularly to the part by twenty short course it just stops in your track it just you, 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 there's a door there's you kind of come in at the side and you come in and you just immediately stop and go oh my god this is just fantastic you know and I I was like. Oh, I would love to play. You know, still be playing to be able to get the opportunity to get into that short court because the whole complex itself is just—it's brilliant to be able to walk in. And anyone who has been lucky enough to play in Canada or America, you know, knows what it's like to have you know several courts and uh, a big hub of atmosphere in one venue. Whereas you know, the great thing about Ireland, yes, in one way, is that when we host the World Championships, it tends to be around the country. You know, you might have someone in Kilkenny, you might have someone in Dublin, some out in Kildare, you know, and so on and so forth. Whereas this would be the hub, you know, everyone will be there. You could have a thousand people walking around in this venue alone. So, yeah, so like the centre is ready to go and it is completed, but, you know, the HSE commissioned it as a testing centre uh, because it is in the inner city in Dublin. Uh, so that's where everyone goes to get tested, like at the moment. And look, uh, there's no sign of that letting up anytime soon either. So as soon as we get it back, it'll be open immediately like but it is it's a fantastic venue and you know what I suppose it is something for us to look forward to it's very very positive for us that you know we have a national handball centre at long last and right beside Core Park which I cannot stress to you Karen how important that is like to for us to maintain our links with the GAA it is crucially important like and to have it right there under the Cusack stand just outside the car park you can see it like I was in the Cusack stand and when you look out the glass there in level 5 you're looking straight at the National Handball Centre and we are looking at getting sponsors and stuff that maybe might get their names on, on the roof because you know you can look down and you know there's so many opportunities there but the fact that 
you know, when major match days are on, the top people in the J, the top J sponsors are going to look at this building across just just outside and go, wow, the National Handball Centre looks looks brilliant. So it's going to help our sport, you know, in that way. But, you know, we have a lot of stuff to be positive about at the moment, even though, you know, cancelling the World Championship is a major negative. Like, but, you know, the National Handball Centre is one week just after receiving a grant of about in the region of 85,000 euro to develop 140 one wall courts that are going to be distributed around the country um, 70 indoor 70 outdoor now look we can uh, look at them numbers a little bit seen, uh, when it comes to the time it depends on the applications coming in now we haven't gone through how exactly we're going to disperse it because we're coming up with a plan at the moment how to maximise that and what I mean by that Kieran is say now for example I've been approached personally by you know a sports partnership in a particular county to said wait a minute if you are to even give us three courts in this county we'll match it we'll double it you know little things like that so you know even though it might only it might be 140 courts commitment from us in GA handball and the national handball center um it could end up being double that figure by the time everything is rolled out if we could get a sponsor on board you know so that that that's a major positive coming for us and then I suppose my own personal piece of work as Utron for the last year, we're getting very close to doing it now because obviously COVID slowed everything down is, is getting a strategic plan delivered. Now, we haven't had a proper strategic plan, I think, since a work on one anyway, since 2012, since the world ended in 2012, we actually haven't had a strategic plan. So, you know, there's going to be stuff in there that we're going to be looking at crucial areas in the game and you know you as a handballer you know you, everyone I think sees the issues but I don't think anyone has come forward with a concrete plan in a long time like so you know we're going to be looking at different ways of possibly you know making the game more exciting you know try and promote the game even more um, because look at Karen I am conscious I'm talking to a handball player we have issues there's no doubt about it like I think it's fair to say we haven't really moved with the times perhaps like you know we're still sort of doing the same thing we've been doing for the last 30 or 40 years and you know I think my own personal opinion is that the game has changed uh, you know our spectators you know when, when you and I were growing up going to hammer matches and you were going with your dad and I'd see you know down down through the years and I was going with my dad you'd no problem driving to a place and watching a game of handball and several games of handball for 8-9 hours but there's not many people willing to do that these days so do we look at speeding the game up a little bit like you know you look at what Barry Hearn has done with snooker you know you've you seen what he's done with darts you know he's he, the one thing he's done he's he's sped the sport up a bit so maybe that's something we need to try yeah exactly Desi and I think I agree with you like I think from when I was growing up say, going to watch the likes of yourself and in the senior competitions and like you, you, the crowds used to be huge but the, the fall off has been there and um, I think I don't know what, what does it come down to is it is it people just don't want to say give up a full day to go and watch handball for four or five hours and then have to drive home so yeah no I think I think something like that Desi's definitely it would be welcomed and hopefully it can benefit going forward well I think society has changed like I mean you know some people have said to me for sure you know what can you do about it? And I said, well, I said you need to look at you know society as a whole. Like I think, you know, there's more people now going for five k runs and walks. You know, three or four nights a week, people are going to the gyms. You know, like I work in the education system, and you know, we can clearly see in the schooling system that you know 
look, parents aren't as engaged as they used to be, you know, say, compared to years ago, you know, when you came home, your mom or your dad was there, or your care or whoever, guardian, minding you, and to sit down with you for the hour to get your homework done, or certainly tell you guys it done, and to be somewhere in the vicinity. Whereas these days, you know, an awful lot of uh, parents and stuff like that, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're getting it done, but they're kind of turning around and saying to the wider family, but look at, I have a spin class from six until seven, and then I'm staying on for a vicious women or whatever. I think, you know what I'm trying to say? I think life has changed, like, you know, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, I'm just saying life has changed, you know? And I think the days of someone saying, wait a minute, I am not going off on a Saturday. I'm leaving Kilkenny at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm driving up to you know, Balahadrine to watch the John Gaffney tournament and going to stay there until 11 or 12 o'clock at night because, you know yourself, like, there's so many other things going on in your life these days compared to maybe years ago. You know yourself, like, you know, that it's just it's just the way life has gone, so we have to respond to it. Uh, Desi, hiya, Nicky Brennan here. I, I'm usually on this programme with Kiran on Monday evenings. How are you? Hello, can you hello. hear me? Yeah, Daisy, it's Nicky Brennan here. How are you oh, doing? Hello, Nicky, all right. How good, you... good. Well, I'm, I'm, I must say, um, as somebody who soldiered, I suppose, in a, in a hot seat there in Croke Park for a number of years, handball was always close to my heart. I'm, de- I'm absolutely delighted that the centre is now uh, ready to go as soon as, uh, as circumstances allow it to be happening because I'm aware of the difficulties with the old centre there. We won't go into it on air, but you know sure. what, you know the sort of things I could say on air and the difficulties that were there. So I think for the handball fraternity, this is uh, this is a dream come true. It is, like, you know, like, and Nicky, you know, on a personal level, like, I remember you presenting me a medal when I was in Fela and, you know, you, you spoke to me, you know, as a young fella and you were certainly a president that was very, very good to handball, like, but the fact that you came to Kenny certainly helped, you know, and, uh, you, you know, like a lot of, a lot of Utrans, you know, from the J and J handball ha- have been struggling for a long time to get this over the line and I think, I think the last several Utrans from both sides of handball and the J have inching this closer and closer to the line like and you are right you know we can't go into it you know on, on live radio or anything like that like but look it hasn't been simple I think it's fair to say that in the case Absolutely Desi one of the things I don't know whether this is possible one of the things I'd love to see now I was, I was very impressed because Kiran was actually showing us here uh, that some of the finals there last year which people couldn't go to were actually shown on uh, Facebook um, the handball Facebook page or some other medium like that yeah. I think that's important and I suppose the other thing as well with the new handball alley coming on board now I'd love to see a return of top ace because I think I, I think if TG Carr or someone could get hold of that I, I think they could bring uh, they could bring handball onto a completely new level yeah well that, that's to be honest with you Nicky that's sort of what I was getting at with Karen there kind of saying we need to move with the times one of the things that we are speaking about behind the scenes now look at this isn't going to happen today or tomorrow but hopefully when we get COVID free but we definitely want to look at a time tournament so what I mean by that is exactly what you just said there at top is and what that means for your listeners is time games so sure. something we can turn around and go oh, okay at 10 o'clock Kieran Neary is, is, is playing Paul Brady at 10 o'clock and that is over at 10.20 and at 10.25 you know what type of way and TV love that because they can go you know we can send the crew there and we're not going to be there are we going to be there two hours or are we going to be there five hours at the moment in the handball world well, you could be there five hours. It depends how the game yeah. goes. I think, that'd be, that I think that'd be yeah. brilliant. And and I think the other great development over recent times, because we have some great players here in Kilkenny, the ladies are making a great go of handball, and, and their involvement is helping to help us profile also. Well, yeah, but the thing, though, about the ladies is this, like, you know, particularly the two top players, um, uh, Martina McMahon and Katrina Casey, I can guarantee you, Nicky, 
most junior men in handball and some of the intermediates would be afraid of their lives to play them. They're that good. Like, I mean, not only are they driving the game on, they have brought the standard up to an incredible level. Like, even myself, I played with Martina McMahon there a couple of years ago and just, you know, tournament, a tournament. And, and she played the left, I played the right. Now, I'm long past my best. And I tell you one thing, she was absolutely outstanding and she, she, she nearly won the title for us. So, you know, not only are they bringing the game forward, you know, in terms of numbers-wise, but the standard, like, people are actually going, wait a minute, this is a brilliant game, no more than the Camogie and the, uh, the ladies. Sure, sure. It's really exciting, like, their their physical uh, abilities are unbelievable, like, you know, they're super fit, they're in great condition, and they're great athletes, and they're getting the recognition, finally, that they deserve. Desi, uh, look, I wish you well, and uh, hopefully COVID will uh, disappear and allow you to get back to, uh, we know you're uh, leading a great organisation, so good luck to you in, in, the, in the rest, and I'll hand you back to Kieran. Thank you, Nicky. Thank you. Yeah, we'll we we'll leave it there, Desi. Um, we we've a lot to get through still, but um, we we might <laughs> get you on again. We might get you on again at some stage in the future, anyway, when we have some better news. And um, we appreciate you taking the time out tonight, Desi, because I know I have to get the kids to bed now. So. Yeah, yeah, I have to head home now. I, I actually leave my house because I live in the middle of nowhere, and uh, my phone reception wouldn't be great. I just come <laughs> into town and sit in the side of the street here. But look at uh, any time, Karen, I'd be too delighted to do it. Thanks very much, and I appreciate. It. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a million, and that was. Uh, Desi Keegan, the G, the GA handball president, and we appreciate Desi's time for coming on there with us. We'll take our last ad break and we, we'll close out the show then. TC Tars World of Gaelic Games. If you're tired of lockdowns and you want to have a good time with hundreds of people, join Kilkenny Bingo. Kilkenny Zoom Bingo, and it's on this Thursday night from 730 it's so easy to play. You buy your books online from Clubforce. We will email them to you on Thursday afternoon for you to print. Then join us on Zoom from 7.30pm with bingo starting at 8 o'clock. Look for Kilkenny Bingo on Facebook for more information. Facebook.com forward slash Kilkenny Bingo. John Brennan Machinery Supplies on the Hebron Industrial Estate, Kilkenny City. Machinery parts and service. Full repair service on hydraulics, rams, bearings, chains, hoses and much more. Stuck in all types of oils and tools. We're open every day, Monday to Saturday from 8.30. Call John or Derek on 056-77-20957. John Brennan Machinery Supplies for all your farming and industrial needs. I'll light the fire. Warren McCreary, auctioneer and estate agent, 12 Parliament Street, Kilkenny. Agent for Rath Ullard Housing Development, New Orchard, Kilkenny. Phase 3 show houses now showing. Rath Ullard Homes offer unique opportunity for all. The benefits of city living within the beautiful Kilkenny County landscape. WarrenMcCreary.ie. Call 056 770 Warren, the auctioneer with a personal touch. JJ Cavanagh & Sons Coach Hire Company of the Year. The ultimate comfort in travel is back on the road with our fleet of luxury buses. We're on the web, jjcavanagh.ie or call 0818-333-222. JJ Cavanagh & Sons, Coach Hire Company of the Year.
A family business since 1943, Pat Cannon Auctioneers is situated at 55 Upper John Street, Kilkenny for residential, commercial and agricultural sales and lettings, land transfers and probate, etc. Both Red Book and Blue Book valuations for property. For a free sales valuation, call Pat or Marie on 056 or just pop in for a chat. Dahani Wheelie Bins, working for you and the environment. Dahani Wheelie Bins are asking customers to have their bins ready the evening before the scheduled collection. Clean and disinfect the handles of your bins before and after presentation. Wipes, cloths and gloves used for cleaning can be placed in your general waste bin. Avoid cross-contamination. Dahani Wheelie Bins, a local company working for the community. The heartbeat of our city is shopping local. TC Tars World of Gaelic Games. And welcome back with the last couple of minutes of the show. We just have another text in here, lads. Uh, hello all. Now as the start of the of the new year, how would you rate Kilkenny's chances in the hurling championship? Call it a prediction. Regards for the year, Jim Cavanagh. Well, sure. Look, I uh, the way the way I've looked at Kilkenny for the last uh, while is that Kilkenny are capable of beating anyone, and uh, uh, and uh, then anyone is capable of beating Kilkenny maybe at times. So um, it's that bit of consistency. Look, we're after being the semi-final the last few years, and we're the only team that beaten Limerick, and whether we're going to be as good as that in 2021 as we were in say 2019 and 2020 remains to be seen so it's um uh, like we it would be good if we had a league uh, you know to benefit us a lot to develop uh, to develop players and that so um i'd always give kilkenny a chance every year no matter what yeah, I agree with Pat. I think getting a league would be key. I'd like to see a league because I think a few things will need to be. Um, I think a few things will need to be sorted out in the league this year. Uh, I think a few positional changes might have to be made, and equally, uh, some of the fringe players they would need to get game time in the league just to um, just just to give them some opportunity. Uh, I'd be I'd be nervous going into a championship without a league which you know could be the case depending on this way COVID but we'll, we'll know more about that in, in, in two or three weeks time as to how things are panning out the first thing we have to see will they get back training in the 1st of February and if they do there's a reasonable chance the league will go ahead obviously without spectators and that means at least players can get get game time and the new lads can get game time but like Pat Tracy I would never ever write off Kilkenny any year uh, Kilkenny are definitely capable of beating anybody Limerick included yes we could we could also get better ourselves by any of them out there too that's the reality of it um, Pat before we finish up there's the Lake Regal their last Thursday night on Rhino Dwyer what did you think of it? Mm, I enjoyed it uh, I, it was a great uh, human story and uh, you know um, the way he he, he was okay his uh, Tipperary and uh, he was surplus to requirements and threw his lot in with Dublin and uh, I, w- I always felt sorry for that Dublin team in 2013 I always thought that was a fierce hard call on them in that All-Ireland semi-final against Cork and it's an awful pity that it wasn't 15 against 15 for the remainder of the game uh, because it was their 
best opportunity, you know. They had won a league, you know, and they had been uh, through, they had won a Leinster at uh, different times and then they, they come on and they, they were in All-Ireland semi-final and that was that was the year. Now they've slipped back a bit since since then. But uh, yeah, and I didn't realise he had uh, received such an injury in that incident over in, in London as well and how he came back and the way he hurls and the way he throws himself into it, you know, it's yeah. just, uh, was just reckless. You know, not the greatest hurler, but I, it was a great story. Yeah, and it's important lads mightn't have all the medals, but still have a story yeah, to tell, you know, exactly. to put in the yeah, same yeah, team yeah, and trend. Yeah, yeah. Right, we'll leave it there for tonight. Thanks to Nicky and Pat and our guest, Brian Dolan. And can't take me second. Desi, Desi Keegan was just after talking to him. So thanks very much for listening. Good night and God bless. And we'll talk to you next week. Stay tuned for Joe Bourne, Country and Irish after, after the Community Diary.